0: You know, there's all kinds of scenes that I respond to in movies. I respond to music sequences, uh, I respond to big comedy sequences. It was like uh, they galvanized the, the entire theater. Everybody uh, woke up, everybody got connected. And, you know, and I would go see a, a, a film that had a, a, a sequence like that. I would see it two or three times at the theaters just to see that sequence. And then just to have that experience uh, uh, with an audience.
1: Welcome to Making Tarantino the Podcast. I'm your host Philip Duke and on this podcast we watch and discuss a list of movies that Quentin Tarantino recommends and see if they have influenced his work and to see what they're all about. There will be spoilers. Today I'm joined once again by Eric Clapp from Cinema Force on YouTube and Instagram. Welcome back. Thanks man. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. You're welcome always and here's something that you wrote on my Instagram that I didn't share in the comments. You said I, that you were saying you've seen Dawn of the Dead more than a hundred times that you're positive of. So buckle up, I might just recite the entire movie. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that,
2: that's true. I could I could probably do it verbatim if you wanted, but I don't think anybody's <laughs> really calling for that.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's what's interesting with this movie. Well, with the show is now it's become where people are like, well, what what movies do you have? So now I got to share the list. The list. I was keeping like, that's my private list. I don't want to give it to anybody. I found it. You know, it's my gold gem. And then I'm like, okay, so now I'm sharing it with people. And then they're like, oh, you're doing the great silence. I want to do that. Or or no, that one just got picked. But you're like, Dawn of the Dead. okay. And then some guys are like, just let the randomizer pick. That's fine. And then, you know, this girl who's going to be on, she's like, yeah, let's do Lady Snowblood. Because she's doing Japanese, a Japanese cult cinema book. And, and then like, uh, this guy that's going to be on next week, spoiler alert, he was like, when you're doing switch Wade sisters, I want to know, I want to be on because I just watched it for the first time and it was awesome. And I'm like, okay. So, um, oh, so there's that's good. all That's that.
2: good though. You're getting, you're getting popular, man.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. It makes me feel good where it's funny because the wife still calls it my gay cast and, um, no <laughs> offense to gay people. Either. And, um, She's just like, you know, and what do you and I'm like, oh, we're going to watch this movie. And like I said, she'll be like Italian, you know, uh, you know, no, thank you. And, you know, Italian Western. No, you lost me. You lost me at silent movie. You lost me at Blaxploitation. OK, yeah. honey. Um, but anyway, uh, rate and review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. It's all under making Tarantino the podcast. And uh, you want to talk about your stuff first, or do you want to get to Tarantino Talks first? And then we'll, like wait, like your YouTube channel, like any of that, or you want to wait till the end? Or
2: Oh, yeah, I can plug. Um, yeah, so uh, I started uh, Cinema Force back in the summer to just kind of share my love of uh, cinema and um, knowledge and stuff that I've picked up along the way, not only as a filmmaker, but as a a fan. And uh, I have a lot of archives, and you can go to cinemaforce.net uh, now to kind of go to the YouTube page and then go to Instagram and see more supplemental materials and press kits and little uh, supplemental things that people like that I can't do on YouTube. But YouTube is more video essay based.
1: Yeah, which I think I said last time, I wish that either either it's a thing of you put all that work into it and then you put it out and it gets like three views and you're like, I just and that's just a little video that you're like, I'm going to put a little intro into it. I'm going to put some movie clips in there and I'm going to. And then you're like, oh, that was a lot of work. It took me, you know, however many hours when you're learning to do it. And then you go, well, now, you know, that's why a lot of these YouTube people, they start and then they they're done because it's like, that's a lot of work. And it's a thing of like video essays where same thing with my notes and same thing with reviews. I want to write reviews and but I know that it'll be and then this and then that happened and then this. And it's like, you know, so that's yeah. what's good about. And then what else is good is kind of like um, that. You said about the new uh, witness that just came out on 4K and arrow. And you were like, oh, I had kind of part to do in that. Like I shared the, you know, Bobby wagon stuff that I had. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like those kind of things are like I told you about. I think I told you last time my friend in england who was doing a caged in podcast um the english they were putting it out in england uh red rock west and they were like you want to talk over a video essay so they put a video essay together and he did some you know commentary over it and made a video essay and now it's on a physical copy of you know and i'm like i kind of want to buy that you know i don't have a british player but buy it to be like look that's my buddy so, oh yeah
2: yeah i've worked on i've worked on a ton of those. um I don't know, I think I've done twenty or thirty different supplements for different different movies. Um, just cause we have such a big archive to share yeah. and license out. And so, um, it's always fun to work on those because, you know, when I was a kid, I got laser discs which were full of supplements and that oh, was yeah. like that was like film school, you know, yeah. that was like going to school. And so anytime I can share that stuff with other people that, you know, are desperate to see it, I'll I'll do it.
1: Yeah, I remember it took a while for... Uh, I remember the game came out on Laserdisc. I think it was Criterion. And then they took a while to release it on, you know, Blu-ray. And now they finally did. Yeah, Laser Laserdisc was the first time... I was working at Suncoast Motion Picture Company. No. No. I was my i was working a video store as well and a guy had uh the owner there had bought it on japanese laser disc and he had a laser display there with a vcr so i just recorded it on there so it was japanese but it was you know yeah. in english but japanese subtitles and i was like sweet i got pope fiction like before anybody else has pope <laughs> fiction this is awesome
2: that's called bootlegging
1: but hey I, I didn't want to say those words how dare you <laughs> well, yes, me, everybody
2: I actually have Dawn of the Dead on Laserdisc, signed by Romero himself.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's... Um, the This movie, before we get into it... Um, so I think I told... I don't think it was on, Mike. My buddy Rob, I wrote it. I was like, hey, like, you know, I just watched... Like, during Halloween, I watched Night of the Living Dead again. I was like, oh, my God. Like, at the end of the movie, you're like, this goes in there with, you know... Uh, Terminator back to the future, like a perfect movie, like it works. Jaws, you know, Close Encounters, like, you know. And so you I go, that's a perfect movie. Like, I love it. And then I go and I can't wait to do Dawn of the Dead because, you know, I love that. And I've only seen it maybe twice when I was watching. Maybe I've seen it twice. Now I've seen it three times, but I'm like, this is amazing. That guy Rob was like, no, I liked Day of the Dead better. And then I think night and then dawn. And I'm like, oh no, you're wrong. Like, (laughs) you know, like, and I don't know. I think you and I said, I want to say night, dawn, day, but maybe dawn, night, day. Yeah, that's my, that's my word. Yeah. But uh, let's get to Tarantino Talks. So I got this this is from uh, Scream from uh, the 2009 Scream Awards on Spike TV. Remember Spike TV? (laughs) when george romero received the mastermind award so let's hear that
0: heart-stopping violence explosive bloodshed undead flesh eaters and dismembered ghouls that's right i'm talking about all the shit we love in film and all the finer things in this goddamn life Well, one man is responsible for all of this. And that man is George A. Romero. That's right, George A. Romero. As far as I'm concerned, that A stands for a genius. why I'm here tonight. To stand up for one of the coolest, the craziest, the scariest, and America's greatest regional movie makers of all time. I owe this man a huge debt, and so does every filmmaker who ever dared to declare their own independence. Because George Romero did it first, and he did it with more guts and more gore than anybody! It all began with his first feature film, a little movie that I remember being called Night of the Living Dead. Back in 1968, in just an hour and a half, George declared the Summer of Love to be officially over. Like some of you. I was raised on George Romero's movies, Dawn of the Dead, Martin, Creepshow, and so many others. But make no mistake, George A. Romero is not an evil mastermind, but a movie mastermind who has long understood the good, the bad, and the ugly of evil.
1: So, yeah, that wasn't really him talking about Dawn of the Dead, but it was him talking about romero and that's the thing i've seen season of the witch i've seen um but i haven't seen like martin and i haven't seen and i've seen creep show but not recently i should go back and see creep show but i do remember that the cockroach thing in the in the yeah. shower was like that just stuck with me you're like oh my god i like, think
2: whoa. i think everyone you're about <laughs> the same age as me i think everyone our age uh, when you say creep show the first thing that pops into your head is
1: cockroaches and that's the thing, growing up, I was never a horror guy. Like, I was always afraid that I would watch these movies and I would have these bad nightmares or something. Yeah. And And now that I think about it right now, talking to you, that just came to my head, why I think this is, is because in 1982, whenever it was that it came to rent the thing, My mom and dad rented it. We had to get on beta. You know, you had to look for the certain sticker for beta because they had, you couldn't get all the VHSs because if you had a beta player, you were like, I want this. And it was like, it doesn't have an orange sticker. Fuck. (laughs) So we get the thing, we bring it home, we put it on, we're watching it. I'm watching it. It's okay. The dogs are in the kennel and that dog starts freaking out and splits open. And I'm like, ah, And my mom realizes, oh, shit, we shouldn't be watching this in the bedroom with my son. And she's like, why don't you go outside? So I said, okay. So I went to the living room and I watched the Newhart show, hoping that that would make me (laughs) laugh. But as a child, as an 11-year-old, you don't get the Newhart show. I'm just like, why am I not laughing and forgetting about what I saw? And so when my friend, when I'm 16, my friend's like, hey, I'm having a birthday party. We're going to watch The Terminator and Creepshow. And or maybe creep show too. Yeah, I think it was creep show. He's like, we're gonna watch shows and I'm like, okay. And he goes, so come on over. I'm like, okay. And then I go, oh, what if what if I wake up in the middle of the night screaming, or you know something? And I'm like, I'm not gonna go. And my friend till this day will be like, dude, the only one I wanted at my party was you, and you didn't even fucking show up. Like, you know what oh, the fuck? Yeah. And I'm like, I was afraid of it. I'm like, hey, Terminator, okay, but the other one, I was like, ah. I think so, I was
2: the complete opposite of you. If somebody yeah. told me that was the that was going to be shown, I'd be over there before <laughs> yeah. it got dark.
1: Yeah, I was like, Terminator's good, but Creepshow, uh, but that's the thing where now recently in the past five years or whatever, I've been getting more into the old horror, the, you know, went through all the Friday the 13th, all the Halloween, not all the Halloweens yet, because those others are hard to find, four and five, but they're fun. And now, and it's like this, like Dawn of the Dead, I remember my friend was like, like I said, years ago on VHS. And he was like, have you seen this Dawn of the Dead movie? And I'm like, no, he goes, Oh, they're in a mall. It's really cool. I'm like, okay. And we're watching it. And I'm like, this is amazing. And that's why I mentioned it before, but now I realize the, you know, I used to be like, Oh, the black guy, he's a cook. He can shoot. He, you know, and I'm like, well, he doesn't do as much as I remember him being like the MacGyver of the group. But then uh, you watch it and you're just like, you remember it. I'm like, oh, my God, I remember that movie. And for years I've been like, I got to get that movie. And then finally I was because like, you never know on buying physical media which ones to get. Like you want yeah. old boy, you go to look up old boy. Now they're going to release it. Neon is. But you go to look it up and you can't find the right one or it's region two or whatever. And then same thing with this where you're like, is that going to be A bootleg copy that's not going to look good, like my man who laughs, or is it going to be something different? And so I ordered it, finally was like, okay, good reviews, you know, good rating. So I got on eBay DVD, and it looks, I thought it was Blu ray when I was telling everybody, I got on Blu ray. No, I got on DVD, like, but it looks amazing. But it is, before we get into this, it's a two hour and seven minute one, not the two hour and 36 minute one or whatever. Mm-hmm. which you did share me a video. I might share it in the show notes. It's funny <laughs> about, about like, I was like, okay, I'll learn something. And then it gets into this big giant spider oh rush. Like, and then there was this and that. And you're like, oh, my That's, God.
2: That was one of the most insane. I I mean, I thought I had knowledge of all that. And I knew about the Italian yeah. sequels or whatever they're supposed to be. But, <laughs> but when it started going, like, 10, 12 films deep. Yeah. I had never heard of part five yeah, part and six five and, and seven. Yeah. I was just like, where is it, man, this, and it just, it, it really illustrated to me. It made me laugh just because yeah. the links, a, you know, a producer or a distributor will go to yeah. mine any sort of coin yeah, from a yeah. name brand. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. it yeah, it goes like, sometimes you're like, you should have stopped here. Sometimes though, Sometimes they don't. Uh, I was I was thinking of uh, Jason. When Jason goes to space, I remember going he's oh, in space. It's in the future. But then you watch that movie without looking at it going. Oh, come on. I remember the first time I watched it. I was like, oh, frozen yeah. face thing. OK, that was cool. But then you watch it again and you're like, there's a really cool kill in the beginning. They set it up really cool. Where she's being chased naked and she's a fucking fed. And they all grab him and freeze him and then. You know, then you're in the future and you're like, oh, I respect it more. But there are some diminishing returns that you're just like, oh, like, should have stopped at, you know, return living dead or whatever. Yeah. Um, But anyway, uh, let's get on with the show. I got a radio spot here to play. George Romero, the master of horror, is about to bring you
3: face-to-face with a shocking future. If you've seen Night of the Living Dead, you've already had the appetizer. Now get ready for the main course, Dawn of the Dead. A gruesome reminder that we are what we eat. Dawn of the Dead contains scenes of violence that may be considered shocking. No one under 17 will be admitted. From United Film distribution company
1: and the tagline when there's no more room in hell the dead will walk the earth as my yes. voodoo grandma used to say was it grandma or grandpa grandpa uh,
2: i think it was grandpa yeah yeah
1: yeah 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 um and you can stop me anytime to drop in your knowledge at any time dawn of the dead 1978 although released in the united states on april 7th 1979 because roger ebert was like we got to show this movie um and then it opened like in new york like on april 20th um, the plot: During an ever-growing epidemic of zombies that have risen from the dead, two Philadelphia SWAT team members, a traffic reporter, and his television executive girlfriend seek refuge in a secluded shopping mall. Starring David M.G. How would you say M.G.?
2: I've always heard it uh, M.G. or something like that. Uh, yeah. You know, I just call him. I call him Roger.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and, oh, I'm well, sorry, no, that's, that, fly, that's, that's Flyboy. That's uh, Stephen Flyboy, yeah, yeah Andrews. Flyboy. Uh, Ken Forsey as 4A. Peter Washington. Like well, it's Forsey. Yeah, a, I'm sorry. 4A, I, yeah. I don't know why I put an S in there. I see it right now. It's F-O-R-E-E, but I said Forsey. Forey uh, as Peter Washington. Scott Reiniger as Roger Trooper DeMarco. And Galen Ross as Francine Fran Parker. Also on there, it said Fly Girl right <laughs> and she was also in madman that i did on the show so oh, really yeah she's in uh, she's like one of the counselors or whatever yeah i remember i was like looking her up and then and the thing that's cool on some of these movies you go back and you're like oh they died or they died all three people are still alive like it's awesome written by george a romero and directed by george a romero and uh what was i gonna say oh forget oh if you heard last week's show with Sam, he's from Philadelphia. Like he's like, "Oh, I go to he goes, "If you're ever in town, I'll take you to the mall." I'm like, oh, "Dude, man. like, oh would my love god, i have to go." He said they have a whole setup there, like a little display and it's got pictures of Argento and and uh, Romero and I'm like, "Oh, and there's a picture on Wikipedia from 2009. I was kind of surprised by this. 2009 of the JCPenney's uh escalator. They didn't put any stanchion things in there to stop you from sliding down, at least uh, in two thousand nine. So you oh, could get so on I'm... there and be like, "Look at me, I'm Roger." Yeah, you know. But yeah.
2: I always, I always wanted to do that.
1: Yeah. Or uh, yeah, Roger. Okay, um, I got to get my names right. Steven uh, and Roger and Fran.
2: You're in good hands. I'll, I'll correct you.
1: Yeah, and from what they said, Fran never acted before. Yeah, like she, she lied about like, oh yeah, I can, I can do it, and they're like, okay which it's it's amazing where again it's the kind of diminishing returns like we said like on that um, on that Scream Factory award when he comes on and accepts his his award which I didn't put in the audio he's like oh we're working on a new one it's called Survival of the Dead and you're like Land of the Dead was okay but Survival was like eh," you know
2: yeah Um, well I think was it Survival or Diary Because he did.
1: I think Diary, well, he said he was working at that time in 2009 on survival. On survival, okay. So, yeah. You ready to get to some listener opinions? Sure. All right.
4: Man, I don't even have an opinion. Well, you gotta have an opinion.
1: The Cinemigos on Twitter, I think that's my buddy Rob, wrote, quote, It's the weakest of the original Dead trilogy. It's iconic, and many others took inspiration off of it but it drags and doesn't feel like they knew which direction they wanted to take the story. Blue zombies are not great, which Tom Savini would agree with still worthy of a watch end quote. So that's where I told you, Rob's like, no way. Like here's how I rate it. Like day of the death. I would have <laughs> to,
2: I'd, I'd fight him in the ring on that one. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Um, Kung Fu F E W, which I think is clever on Twitter wrote quote, I remember my friends and I watched it at a pizza party and we loved it. I had heard it was rated X because of gore, but we had fun, got freaked, and the mall was perfect for refuge and then showdown. I think it deserves a fan love and gets a lot of it when, gets a lot of it even if it's not for everyone, end quote. Handsome Post Cinema Punk on Instagram wrote, quote, this is my favorite horror film, one of my all-time favorite films. Both Dawn of the Dead and Pulp Fiction are the two films that have made me fall in love with cinema, end quote. Mike Millard, my personal friend, on my personal Facebook page, wrote, quote, love that movie, but what I really enjoyed and got a bang out of is the background mall music, end quote. Evan O., on my personal Facebook page, wrote, Romero's second in his trilogy, using an unknown cast and shooting at night in the mall. Tom Savini's masterpiece for SFX, special effects, and all were practical, meaning all the gory effects were accomplished by hand. No CGI then. The script speaks of a corrupt society and Romero's commentary on how we have all become zombies. The sequel had more gore, but lacked a good script, end quote. And Stephen Banfield on Video Archives podcast fans page on Facebook wrote, quote, saw it in the theaters beyond great. End quote. And my buddy Sam Panico, who's on last week, who's from uh, that neck of the woods, uh, who was on last week, uh, BNS about movies and the drive-in asylum, sent me an email for his thoughts. Quote: I'm biased because Dawn of the Dead was made in the mall I shopped at growing up. It was shot in end times that were the late 70s, made overnight when the mall was closed from 11 p.m. until 7 a.m. when the holiday music would come on and couldn't be stopped. George Romero produced Dario Argento. Oh, sorry. George, yeah. George Romero produced Dario Argento and a creative cast and crew, including special effects maniac Tom Savini, made a movie that influenced the whole world and every horror film that would follow in its wake. If not for Dawn, we would not have Zombie or Burial Ground or even Walking Dead. As influential as Night of the Living Dead is, Dawn is everything. It's a kind of movie that can go after capitalism while ending with a pie fight between the dead and bikers. All set to music by The Goblins. I love that the title gets Goblin Wrong. And a film that has the most frightening scene ever as a newsroom slowly realizes that it's not equipped to tell the story of the end of the world. Night ends with hunters triumphing over zombies. Dawn barely sees anyone escape as even the church of the consumer falls to the ghouls. Who have to keep coming back there because it's what they knew. I watched this nearly every day in small bits when I was 16, and so much of it is in my soul. End quote.
2: Wow, I could have, I, I couldn't agree more. That's 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 awesome. Like that's how I feel about it.
1: Exactly. When I told him we were doing it this week, he's like, "Oh my God!" Like, "Oh, I'm so jealous." Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that makes me like want to go. What's cool also about me doing the podcast on a personal note is people that i meet on here that it started with start a long time ago with my friend's podcast where i was writing him on something and i was like hey just here's my number if you want it and he's like okay him and i start now we're you know i went i got my et tattoo from him and in michigan and then with you i was like hey man here's my number and you were like okay here's mine you know boom same thing with sam i was like hey sam if you don't want to communicate through twitter here's my thing he was like okay and same where he's like, oh, well, I'm going to send you some stuff. And then this guy, Paul, who's in Japan. Well, I couldn't get to Japan. I couldn't figure out how to put it into my phone, like Japan thing. Yeah. Um, but the girl from London, I got her number, you know, that's going to be on. So very cool that I have all these connections now and I can talk movies. Excuse me, talk movies and stuff and just, you know, with you or whatever. Oh, my God, did you see this? Yeah, I saw it. I, you know, blah, blah, blah.
2: Yeah, that's that's why I started my Cinema Force thing is I wanted to, you know, kind of find my tribe, so to speak. Um, I have friends and they like movies, but yeah. they don't like movies as much as I do. So, yeah,
1: yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, I have to
2: find other people that are as insane about, you know, what I'm passionate about.
1: That's where, like I said, when I go with the wife or her friend and I'm like, what are your favorite movies? My wife's like, you know, my favorites like that's but she can't go into explanation of why she loves the Burbs or Goonies. She'll just say they're great movies. That's it. You know, she just likes. Yeah. And her friend was like, I don't know. I saw Raising Arizona once. You know, and it's like you don't even. You know. But it's those people. There's these people and there's those people. It's the thing that I said, seeing Wayne's World, and I was like, oh, he's really playing drums. Oh, my friend Bob plays drums. Okay, I understand you don't like movies. I'll stop talking. (laughs) Um, But let's hear uh, from a Grindhouse Cinema Database. Let's hear a spot from them.
4: Since 2007, Grindhouse Cinema Database has provided the online community with a fantastic one-stop resource for learning about the world of classic international exploitation and cult cinema. From the early days of 1930s and 40s cautionary films and roadshow movies to 50s and 60s drive-in classics through to the 1970s and 80s Grindhouse Fair. The GCDB has it all. The site also makes searching for movies simple for users with the easy-to-navigate, state-of-the-art media wiki design. Whether you're a lifelong film aficionado or completely new to these kinds of movies, it's a great place to go to research and discover an exciting, unique part of 20th century cinema history. Conveniently located online at www. GrindhouseDatabase.com Grindhouse Cinema Database where the action
1: is. Alright, now we're ready. Mm. So, I love the chaotic nature of the news station. You, had, you, had, you shared your notes with me which are great. And um, I just love how you don't e- you can't even, you're like, I'm trying to hear everything but also you realize and it's not even like a Howard Hawks thing where you need some of the dial. It's just, no, it's chaotic. This is how it would be.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. And if you, and you know, when you watch that scene now, I don't, I mean, when I first saw it, I don't think it really like hit me, you know, as yeah. it does now. But when you watch like CNN or Fox or MSNBC now, and it's just people yelling at each other, yeah, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter what side you're on, they're just yelling at each other about basically nothing. Yeah. And that's what this is. Then they're trying to solve an actual problem, a plague, if you will. And they have no control over it, but they're still trying to pretend like they have some sort of control over it. And it's just really like fascinating. Like, we, I had a a friend of mine, coworker, and I, we rewatched this like during the middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we were just like, this is, this is terrifying. Yeah. Like, this is exactly what we're going through right now.
1: When I was reading your notes, it made me flashback to I remember, uh, like I said, I do security. Now I'm just driving around doing patrols. But before I used to work at a hotel doing security, I did all kinds of different things for the company. And in the hotel, you would walk by the TV that was playing CNN. And remember, they had that death list. It was like, mm-hmm. here's how many people nationwide or worldwide have died. Here's how many are sick. Here's how many are dying. And you're just like, holy shit, like that would be a zombie Outbreak happens, you know, and yeah, you know, it's going to go crazy. And the thing that's kind of cool is. Where you got people who are like, maybe it's not that bad. I'll stay at work. You got the one guy who's just like, I'm, I'm leaving. He's like, wait, you can't leave. And then that security, he's like, stop him. The security guard even grabs his coat and leaves. Like he's yeah, like, he didn't Duck.
2: even he doesn't even have to say anything. He just. But like, then there's
1: yeah. the other guy who's checking badges. When Flyboy comes in, he's like, I need to see your badge, you know. And he's like, Oh, yeah. here's my bat. And he's like, Okay, you can go ahead. It's right there. And you're like, Ah, oh. like
2: yeah. Well, I, I used to I used to work in news, and so. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that whole scene, you know, I saw that way before I worked in the station, but you know, Dawn of the Dead seems to like, keep getting better with age. The older I get, Mm -hmm. the more experiences I I have. And I love how he carries on that news segment throughout the entire movie. You know, how they, they find a TV and then they tune into the news to see how things are going or the radio and all that. And I love all that stuff because that's so realistic you know what would be going on
1: that's what was so good about night of living dead is you got the reports coming in so you so there's your exposition but while other things are going on and the other thing that was interesting was uh that i was thinking about was the um i like the the uh, there's the guy just leaves the camera and then the other guy has to come in. The other guy like does the two fingers behind the guy. Cause I think he's probably sitting there all while he's at work the whole time, years thinking like, Oh, I wish I could do that. And now he's like, fuck it. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go <laughs> do the rabbit yeah. ears to the guy. Um, but damn it. I forget what I was going to say something about. Oh, that I know we'll get to it later, but something we talked about social commentary that Romero does and the only other movie that I saw do that was that um shit, can't think of the guy's name, white haired guy. He did uh draw the dead. He did oh, that, Adam about, Driver, that Adam Driver, the Driver
2: movie. How about the Jim Jarmish movie? Jim
1: Jarmish, thank
2: you. Um God, what was that called? The 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 Dead Won't Die or something. The Dead like Won't that. Die,
1: yes. I think and, that's correct. And that was where it was funny, it was interesting because that was one where he's like. They just know what they know. So they're walking around. It was his comment on everybody on their phone, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and you're just like, wow, that's really kind of cool. Like kind of to stick it, you know, <laughs> I'm going to stick it to the man that way. Yeah. Um, But it is true where in that and we'll get to it later. Cause you have a lot to say about it. I have some to say, not as smart as you, but um, <laughs> the, whatever it's, it's the thing of, well, thank you for that. It's a thing of us now. Like I get on YouTube, like, let's say I edit the show tonight. I'll go to look up a trailer to share, to, to record and share the audio. And then all of a sudden I'm on YouTube shorts and I'm just scrolling through those for two hours and I'm going, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. What, you know, same thing, Instagram. I'm looking at Instagram videos being like, honey, look at this puppy. Honey, look at this lady who fell. Honey, look well, at this. That, She's like, I'm that, done with your game.
2: Yeah. There's that scene in, in Dawn when uh Roger has been bitten, and they're in the arcade, and he's playing the pole position game. Yeah. And he's not, he doesn't even like, he's not even realizing what he's doing. He's just staring at it, and he's just yeah. having a good time. It's the same thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter if you're alive or dead, you're, you're going to enjoy the game.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, but it's those things, it's the things with life. It's the things that I understand that that's fun. But at the end of your life, you're going to be like, oh, my God, how much time did I waste doing X, Y, and Z? We'll talk about it in one of my movies of the week. But, you know, it's that thing of, oh, my gosh, like, we are all zombies. Like, you know, you it's also the thing of you drive to work and you don't know how you got to work. You're like, oh, shit, I was listening to that song. But I made my exit and I'm pulling into my work like what the fuck like so weird it's you know it's very cool but anyway let's get back to the movie um <laughs> the guy in SWAT that gets killed right away is funny but unexpected so i love how in a regular movie not an independent film you would have the guy just like a red shirt or whatever in star trek being like hey um you know you know yeah i can't wait ready to jump in you know and then get shot right away And this guy, it's the same thing with this guy. He's like, hey, my name's, you know, oh, yeah, you're Bobby. Okay, Bobby. And then all of a sudden, Bobby gets killed right away. So Mm -hmm. it's funny, and it's, you know, it's not like your Hallmark regular generic kind of action movie. It's just like, boom, he's dead. It's realistic, but it's also semi-funny, you know? Yeah. Woody kicking the door open and shooting that guy in the head. Like, that effect is amazing, and... I know you may have known, but I was on my research. I didn't know about the alternate ending. So there's an ending where she was supposed to, when she's jump ahead, but Hey, everybody hopefully seen this movie. <laughs> the She's on the helicopter waiting for Roger. No waiting uh, for Peter. Peter. Peter waiting for Peter. The zombies are coming. They said he shoots himself and then she stands up and gets her head chopped off with the blades. and romero has said i think that they didn't film it tom savini said no we did film it and then he used that head for that shot of like blowing the head off right um which i think
2: they said i think they said that they kind of came to a compromise i guess that that they maybe they filmed a test of that effect
1: yeah yeah it could have been i could see that and also i could see where you would you know I don't think they ran it by test on you. I could see people being like, no, I want them to live like this needs to happen. But that head exploding thing, which I know he did the effects for And I think it was you or Sam that I talked to before about maniac shot in maniac that always sticks in my head is him jump running and jumping up on the roof of the, on the hood of the car, shooting into the car and the head explodes. Yeah. It's just brutal. Yeah. Yeah, And that's absolutely brutal. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of that was Savini, too. You know, he was uh, he was supposed to work on Night of the Living Dead, but he couldn't uh-huh. do it because he uh, had to go to Vietnam, oh, and wow. he got drafted, and he was a photographer in Vietnam, and that's how he said a lot of his effects were inspired by all the wow. actual dead bodies that he saw in Vietnam and photographed and used as references later.
1: Wow, these effects in here are so easily done but amazing because like that girl, she's hugging her husband or boyfriend, that black girl, black lady. And she's like, she's like, no. And she realizes he's turned and she's like, no. And all of a sudden he bites her shoulder and it's quick. And he rips her skin out and you're like, Oh shit. Like it makes you, you don't care how cheesy it looks because it's so quick. And it's funny that you wrote me about editing when I was watching this, I was like, Oh my God, this is like star Wars. It's made in the editing. Like it's, it's so good where, you know, it's, it moves, it's fast. You're not bored when they're just hanging around, not killing zombies. Cause you're like, that's what you want to be. You want to live in a mall and, you know, yeah. have the gun store and have the food and all that. What yeah, I think, wouldn't, I, th-
2: I think Romero's movies work, uh, his early movies, at least work because of the editing, you know, he was a, uh, had a advertising production company he did commercials and they didn't have a lot of money for the early movies. And so, you know, when you don't have a lot of money, you learn how to edit out of situations and yeah. you get a lot of coverage, which means you basically just shoot, 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 thinking that you'll make this work later in the edit. Yeah. And so he already had that mindset and it also allows him to hide things. And then Tom Savini's effects fit perfectly into that little formula yeah you know he's able to be like boom 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 ow boom boom, boom ow you know it's just kind yeah. of a, a rhythm almost that he has and i mean if you were to count the amount of cuts that are in dawn of the yeah. dead it'd probably blow your mind it'd probably be on par with like michael bay
1: yeah you yeah know? yeah true and how quick like you could you the head explodes it's cut like you don't see the ret. like it's just boom you know um, The other thing what like him getting hit by like Tom Savini plays one of the zombies getting hit by the truck and he just spits blood up on the window and like jumps off the side and you're like those simple things but it's the same thing like with Steven Spielberg or these other people who know where they're going to cut so they're just like no we got enough we're good you yep. know let's move on and you know, it's great. The guy asking for a cigarette is a nice touch <laughs> when they're getting on the helicopter. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God. Like, he's like, Hey, like, I'm like, Oh, he's going to want on the helicopter. Cause I hadn't seen it for since I was 30 and I'm like, Oh, he's going to want to go. And they're going to have to tell him no. And they're going to get in a fight and he's got a machine gun. And he was like, you guys got a cigarette? And they're like, no, do you have a cigarette? All this natural kind of flow. Of like you could see why Quentin would like it. Like the dialogue is just smooth; it's not forced. And with him, like, no, hang on, you guys got a cigarette? And they're like, no, we don't. And he's like, oh, sorry, we don't have a cigarette. Part of you goes, I think you're holding the cigarettes for yourself because we know that you and Peter have cigarettes in your in your chest yeah. uh, pockets.
2: And that and that little scene is actually a microcosm for the rest of the movie. They all light up with cigarettes yeah. after they take off, which. Basically, the theme of the whole movie is humans are assholes. Mm -hmm. And even in dire situations, we're still going to be assholes.
1: It's it's interesting, too, because to jump ahead again, but it's fine. We're all over the place. But it's a thing where I was thinking about the biker gang. Now, you're in this biker gang. Now, you and I survived this apocalypse. You and I are together. Now, are we going to be tight or are you always going to be questioning or am I always going to be questioning What if he wants my shit? What if he feels that I'm slowing him down or you think that, or I think that you're slowing me down, you know, and you're just going to be on the defense and maybe kill me when you don't have to, you know, you know, so it's, it's interesting, like that group, like I'm wondering, are they, did they all come together? But how solid is their security when one guy, they're just going to be like, fuck it and leave the guy. But, uh, it just, it made me think of that. Like, um, uh,
2: Yeah, it's almost like humans in that in this movie. It's almost like humans regressing. Yeah. You know, instead of a greater society, we're forming little, little cave people groups again. And we're going into this cave and that cave and that cave and you're you're not welcome. Maybe you can come in, but you can't. Yeah you know, because you have cigarettes and I don't, <laughs> you Yeah, know.
1: well, and the the other thing is I'm a nice guy. I would have to really change to be in the apocalyptic world because I think I would see you as a stranger coming down the street. I might have an extra thing of water that I just got and you're thirsty and I may be like, I'll give you a little water. I don't know you. You could pull a gun out and shoot me and be like, now I got two things of water. Like, I'm good, yeah. you know, yeah, and, and that's, that's, that's... where... that's one of the
2: really cool things about the walking dead show did in the first, mm -hmm. you know, three or four seasons was, you know, they expanded upon that. Like, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like Negan was a nice guy and the governor Mm -hmm. was a nice guy. Yeah. But in this situation, things flipped. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and even the people that they would meet at terminus where they thought, Oh, they're nice people. And then they get thrown into a train car because yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah, exactly. Um, the uh it's awesome when the zombie jumps up on the crate and gets the top of his head cut off like again that's something that's so quick that you're like first of all you're looking at the guy you're like he looks like frankenstein like what what's going on (laughs) and i'm fine with the blue makeup because i think that they're supposed to look like a dead body you find a dead body that's been dead for a long time it's going to be you know white or blue it's the thing of uh they they said Tom Savini said that guy had a short head anyway like a short forehead so they could add to it and mm-hmm. he was perfect for it. But well,
2: it also too is the sound too just the, yeah.
1: The, but so quick like just like the shotgun like all of a sudden like but you're like oh shit what's gonna happen? Things that you don't expect that are just so great. Same thing with going back tonight to Night of Living Dead. They're gonna go get the gas. Okay, this is our plan. Awesome, let's do it. They get out there. He is being attacked, he's got to pull the gas thing out and the whole thing explodes and you're like, oh, this is different than a normal movie where they would have got the gas, they would have drove back, everybody would have been safe.
2: Yeah. And then it gets even darker when they get eaten, like a yeah barbe- barbecue yeah. dinner.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, But the other great part in this, little kids coming out of that room and he shoots them all. Like, so he's shooting up high, thinking that they're, and then The door, he opens the door and they all just run out at him. And he's just throwing them on the couch and shooting them. And you're like, this is brutal, but cool and funny. And, you know,
2: I think it's it works on a couple of different levels because that scene with the little kids, you know, it's like it it kind of reinforces the fact that at first it seems like it's kind of silly. Yeah. But then when he shoots him and, you and you know, Ken Frey does a really great job of showing that on his face like man, this is like, this is really bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing where earlier Roger has that look when he, you know, he's leaning up against the wall and he's just like, Oh, and um, it's Roger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 40 does good in that. He does so great. They, they both do. I love their chemistry together.
2: Oh yeah. Um, they're fantastic.
1: I never thought about this until watching this movie again. And I, I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find a full picture, but uh, never thought about it. But spam is genius because you don't need a can opener when mm-hmm. she's like, I have spam. And he goes, do you have a can opener? And she's like, no. And he goes, well, that's good because you don't need one with spam because I had the little key with it. <laughs> I don't think it has a key with it anymore. It's probably a pull top or something like the chili and everything else. I was like, oh, yeah, those had that. That would be cool. If you're stuck with spam, you don't need a you know can opener. Oh, yeah. Um, I put here Flyboy is an idiot um, because <laughs> he's learning um, because I think this is when he's when they're now in the mall and he's shooting all six shots and then the thing attacks him he goes to shoot it right up close and he's like oh shit I'm out and then he goes to reload drops all the bullets and then they come and save him and then he uh, and then he just leaves the bullets and like runs away yeah he's he's learning on the job yeah yeah which is good and it's the same thing in a thing maybe it was in the back of your head but especially later i think it comes to but this is the first movie where she's like i want to know i don't know about them but i want to know how to fly a helicopter because you're the only one and he's like and he kind of is like what and they're like yeah i'm kind of with her like we need to do that and she's like i'm not gonna be your den mother you know, don't treat me any different. I want to learn to shoot and I want to learn how to fly a helicopter. And you're like, okay, cool. Awesome.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think she, she realized that, you know, she's also pregnant mm-hmm. in the film. Yeah. I don't know if she had revealed that at that point, but I think she realized that, I think, you know, she, yeah. she, she probably more than all three of those guys yeah. needs to survive.
1: I think you know? she, yeah, I think she did reveal it. She, well, I know she did because she, um, got attacked by those zombies and she had the flares and then they came and saved her. And she's like, and I don't want to be left again with a gun. And she was in the back when he was talking about her being pregnant. And he was like, and they thought she was asleep. And Forey is like, Peter's like, do you want to get rid of it? I know how That's to right, get yeah. rid of it. So maybe he is everything. He's a doctor. He can, and, um, <laughs> and she's like, and so then she comes out, she tells him like, You know, he's like, I thought you were asleep. We weren't doing anything wrong. We just thought you were asleep. And she's like, I want to be part of this whole thing. But the two leads, though, their dynamic is just so good of like, you know, I got it. It ends, of course, later when it's like, you know, Han says to Luke, don't get cocky like that's why he gets too cocky and he's jumping around in the truck. And, you know, even later when he's like, let's go, he's like, dude, focus. And that's a cool scene when he's like focus and he takes a breath and he's like, "Okay." I'm good. Like, let's go. And it's like, oh shit. Something that I wrote here, you wrote something about it. Like, if the power went out, but now they have cleaned up and killed everything, and now they can shop and have fun. So they put all the dead bodies in the freezer, but there's a thing of ice cream in there. They're like, I would move there's that. A out. Lot of, like, there's I, a lot
2: of meat, too.
1: I don't, yeah. I don't want the bodies to, if they do stink or any kind of germs that are floating around, to get into my food. Like, come on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess it was more the smell, but maybe you uh, just dump them off the roof. I guess you have to carry them up there, but yeah, you know, but you know, I guess yeah. we're probably reading too much into that, but no, yeah, it...
1: <laughs> that was my thing too. Like you could burn them or you could do, but I guess, yeah, you're in there and then all the fire alarms go off or the sprinklers.
2: Yeah. That was my um, big, that was my big takeaway on this viewing is that I, I guess I never thought about it before. I was like, when is the power going to go out here?
1: Yeah. 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 Very true. Yeah. That's the other thing where you always wonder, like, is our grid still going to go? Or if nobody does, somebody need to run it. Or if nobody's there, is the grid going to just shut down the, you know, gas power, like everything, you know, cell well, phones, I can assure
2: you, I can like, assure you in my home state of Texas, the grid will fail. It, it <laughs> fails regularly. So I was
1: going to say, what was that years <laughs> ago when you had the whole was snowmageddon? The, yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Um, I like the scene. So then uh, Roger gets bitten. He's trying to get and you're and the thing with with character, when you like a character, you feel like you're being bitten because you're like, no, no. Ah, and he gets bitten in the and that one guy tries to bite him on the ass, but then he gets bitten on the leg, gets bitten on the arm a little bit, but that's okay. And then he gets in. Then he gets bitten on the leg really hard now he's gonna turn he knows he's gonna turn he gets on the truck with him and they're driving for another one he's like you need to focus you need to he's like okay then it's the part where i put here a very nice scene about him saying that he's going to try not to come out so he's mm-hmm. like i'm gonna try my heart and he does he's like you know morphined up and he's like no i think i'm good and then you know
2: it's yeah and he says he goes i don't want to be walking around like that
1: yeah yeah, and. And that's what's great. It's a good little scene where, you know, people would go, that's oh, down of the dead. But that's like that's really good. Like they do really good in that scene. In the uh there's another scene, I forget where, but that's a really good scene. Um I put here, I also like how she's pregnant but smokes and drinks.
2: Oh yeah. Like, well, you know, that's that's right, the time.
1: Yeah. yeah, I get it. I love the simple, normal dialogue of everyone, but especially when Tom Savini and that guy find the helicopter. So like he's looking at it with the binoculars and he tells Tom Savini like, well, how'd they get up there? Well, maybe they, you know, came down. Maybe they're in there. Yeah, but maybe not. Well, let's, it's just this really easy, regular dialogue. It's not forced. It's not too much exposition. It's not bad guys, you know, doing evil shit. And so then when they're going to attack now, all of a sudden, okay, he's, taking off the fur coat you know peter's ready zipping up his swat coat you know his swat suit he's ready and you're like oh shit he's back he's throwing the watch away and all that just throwing it on the ground the biker who has to use the blood pressure machine makes me laugh (laughs) like
2: every time i go to like a walgreens or i don't know if they they probably don't even have those there anymore but every time after i saw dawn of the dead and i would go somewhere and i'd see that that's that's the first thing that popped into my head
1: yeah 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 it's uh it's so funny and then of course it's a payoff because then it squeezes him and then says you know zero or whatever zero blood pressure (laughs) i love how he doesn't know if he should go back and help steven i love that part because that's so realistic if you were attacked if i heard a gunshot or a couple i would be like oh should i go help eric uh i don't know and then he starts to go back but then he realizes like no that's if there's a bunch of them overcoming him, there's no way that I can help him, you know. Yeah. And he's like, "Damn," and he keeps hitting the hitting the wall. He's like, "Fuck," like a couple of times, like he's pissed because he can't help and because he has yeah. to, you know, have the logic of, "No, probably something happened." And speaking of logic, you got to jump on your guy uh on the news that is great.
2: Oh my gosh. That um, that that scene. Uh, anyway, do you want me to talk about that now?
1: <laughs> yeah sure i mean because okay. that's like the logic of the thing of you knowing like okay this guy's probably dead i'm gonna waste time going back there by the time i get there he'll be dead and they might be 20 of them and i won't even be able to get out
2: yeah yeah there's there's a scene in the movie where there's a they keep cutting to this guy with an eye patch in the beginning of his first little televised scene you know he's talking about how you know these These are creatures, you know, they're not one of us, you know, they don't respond to this or that like we do and everything and we have to control them and they're not like us. And then later on in the film, uh, the actor that plays this part, I guess he's just called the scientist Mm -hmm. and he plays almost the same exact role in George Romero's The Crazies, like it's.
1: Uh, oh, that's it. i didn't notice it that.
2: could almost be the same guy, same yeah. character is
1: he on the news in the crazies or is he there no
2: he's a... the main scientist in the oh. crazies like trying to fix the pandemic that's going on you know yeah and he's just always like pissed off because he's fighting with the government they won't listen to him they just want to shoot everybody he's like no i have the cure <laughs> but they won't listen to him yeah but anyway and and don there's that great scene where you know he's trying to tell the guy like you know you know, uh, why don't we just drop bombs on all the major cities mm-hmm. and the guys, TV guys like, Oh, you must be, you, must, you can't be serious. He goes, I'm deadly serious. Yeah. And he's like, he goes, you scientists, you think you know this. And and then it starts to become like a scientist versus thing. And then he just, the scientist guy just erupts and just goes dummies, dummies, yeah, dummies. And he's just trying to say, he goes, for all I know, the brain is dead and it's the idiots that are still alive.
1: Yeah, which you're just like, oh my God, so fucking clever. Like oh. Yeah,
2: great writing just summarizes the whole the whole tone of the movie.
1: Yeah.
2: And you know, I I, I love that scene and it just says so much about what Romero's really thinking, you know, yeah. and what he's really trying to say here. Because the movie's not about zombies, it's about humans.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because, like you said, where the more you see it the more you lean for the other you know you're like yeah he's right like i get it like yes you know it's it's you know there's what are you gonna do you know it's the same thing like during the pandemic it was probably like i don't i don't know what if we can't come up with a cure what do we do everybody's gonna die you know what's gonna happen whether you believe it or not some people are like ah, it's fake
2: <laughs> well but, and then the yeah. yeah and then the the coda to that that scene mm-hmm. where he just goes he just gets real quiet and he goes, we've got to remain rational, yeah. logical,
3: <laughs> logical. And he just yeah. keeps
2: repeating that, yeah. like, don't, like, please don't panic and do something <laughs> yeah. stupid, you know, which, well, which contrasts what is about to happen, you know, yeah. later on in the movie.
1: Well, and it's, it's interesting too, on a Star Trek thing where you sometimes think like, if everybody was like Spock, everything would be logical. Like it would be, you know, but then there'd be no emotion. I'd be watching a movie and going, Oh, right. well, I guess that was good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't yeah. be, you know, invested or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll have to, I want to watch The crazies again. Now I think it's on our list, but uh, I love how he doesn't know if he should. Oh yeah. I already said that. Sorry. The zombie from the beginning, still holding that M 16. I was like, Oh my God, that's a brilliant touch. <laughs> like I was yeah. like, I was like, "Why is he?" I go, "Oh my god, that's a guy from that." He was like, "Just leave it alone. Just let it go." And he's still looking in it, like he could have shot him, but he didn't.
2: Well, there's also like, there's a lot of recurring zombies. There's the nurse zombie mm-hmm. that yeah. you know is outside, and then she's inside. And there's the, the guy Harry by Krishna, the car. yeah, yeah. There's the that Harry Krishna, Krishna zombie yeah. that you know. I always, I always, whenever I first saw that, I I was a huge fan of airplanes. so whenever I saw oh, that, yeah. I just. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, there's even zombie Harry Krishner's at the airport. Yeah, that's
1: (laughs) airplane. So good. Um, It's interesting too. speaking of your YouTube channel to go off on a side tangent. You and I grew up watching airplane first, then you find out, oh, this is done from airport. And then you start watching those and you're like, oh, I get how you could watch that and be like, this is so melodramatic. Let's do a comedy about it, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, and I got I got some I got some blowback on that oh, retrospective really? because people were like, Don't you know that this was based on the film Zero Hour, not Airport? And I was just like, Yeah, I do know that, but I'm yeah. doing a retrospective on airport, and there are gags lifted yeah. verbatim mm-hmm. from yeah. all the airport movies into both airplane movies. Yeah, so yeah, taking off, off the know.
1: sunglasses and yeah. yeah.
2: S- sorry, I didn't see Zero Hour when I was 10.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, it's, uh, you know, what do you make of this? Well, you can make a pterodactyl. You can. um, (laughs) (laughs) So here's the part that I love because I haven't seen the movie as much as you. He's getting ready to kill himself with the Derringer. He's they're coming in. Stephen comes in, they kill Stephen. And it's crazy. You wrote on your notes, how Stephen kind of the same thing. Stephen knows like how to get back. Like I remember how to get back. And then they're following him because he knows how to get in. And it's like, oh, you've turned, but you kind of haven't. You know how to come back, but you are clearly a zombie. And but it's the thing. So there, so he kills him. She goes to the helicopter. He's like, I think I'm kind of done. I'm just going to stay here. I'm done. And she's like, OK. And he's got the she's upset about it. He's got the Derringer to his head, going to kill himself. I'm thinking, oh, shit, like he's my hero. I don't want him all of a sudden. He changes his mind, shoots at Zombie. The heroic music kicks in. I fucking dun, love dun, it. Dun, it's dun, like in the 80s. Yeah, it's like <laughs> A-Team. It's a little bit of that A-Team. Dun, it was, dun, it dun. was A-Team, yeah. yeah. Which is probably where uh, Mike Post was like, wait, I like that <laughs> song. I'm going to do this music. And then he, and he doesn't kill himself. And then I wrote here about that alternate ending where Peter kills himself and Francine just stands up Which, that would have been brutal. Could you imagine, like, I'm not going to kill myself that way. I would, but then again, if you jump off the mall, you might not die, and then all the zombies eat you, you know, so. Yeah, you'd
2: fall into a big uh, mosh pit of (laughs) (laughs) zombies was cool?
1: What was cool about that alternate ending that they said that it was going to be was it would have showed the rotor blades slow down, showing that it ran Mm. out of gas anyway, and they wouldn't have got Uh. far. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of clever. That's kind of cool. But I like where he's like, how much gas do we have? And she's like, not much. And he's like, okay. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. you know.
2: Well, when I was a kid, I, I saw, um, I watched Day of the Dead, you know, quick, pretty quickly after I saw Dawn. Mm-hmm. And when it starts in like Florida, I was yeah. kind of like, oh, cool. Peter and and, and Fran are, they made <laughs> it like they're on an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that wasn't the case.
1: And that's, I think, the problem. I think... I need to rewatch. I'll watch it before the show next week and get back to everybody on it. But Day of the Dead, I think the problem is you watch Dawn of the Dead, you're a big fan of it, you and me. Then I was like, oh, Day of the Dead is the next movie. And you watch that and you're like, it's got a little comedy in it. It's not what I want. You know, it's not. And so I think it's it's the characters.
2: I think the characters aren't as strong.
1: But I could see where I said it last week with Sam I could see where Romero probably wanted to do like a good the bad and the ugly like an epic thing and it could have been cool but with not much money and you can't do then you're like uh's oh, we're gonna dwindle it down and like all things it's either the producers or whoever that come in and say no we're gonna do Magnificent Ambersons this way and you're like fuck you you know or whatever you know
2: Yeah, he definitely, I mean, not to get too deep in the weeds on day, but he definitely had a bigger budget and Mm -hmm. it got taken away from him pretty close to production. So he had to improvise and scale it back a little bit. And I'm sure the character characterization suffered because you definitely even though they're good in day, yeah. I just don't like like those four people in Dawn are just so special and you know, you care about them. Like you said earlier, you said you know, you really care that when you know he got bit you're like oh no 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 yeah. no yeah but in day everyone's kind of a dick and <laughs> yeah you know? yeah and-
1: yeah exactly yeah it, it's that it's yeah it's i don't know is there's something like we said like yeah um something that i forgot to say in case anybody's knowing and they don't know what you and i know george romero didn't know about distribution rights when he did night of living dead and so, all of a sudden, he makes no money or barely any money from it, because everybody else you know it was like, I forget what movie I did, but they released it somewhere else and here, but he didn't get the distribution rights for like foreign sales, and it went crazy, and so made yeah, I think
2: I think they copy uh copyrighted it under a different title mm-hmm. and then the producer or the distributor actually uh change the name of it and copyrighted that
1: right which makes sense because this was going to be dawn of the living dead which Mm would have been great and then day of the living dead it would have been cool but um it's what i forgot to say the the makeup on roger when he becomes like his skin is pulled like he's got wrinkles down his cheeks and like just looks amazing The thing where he's like, make sure that I turn though before you kill me, (laughs) like don't kill me, you know, before like wait. And so he just sitting there waiting with the revolver, like, okay. And the other thing that I forgot to say that made me like, ah, and probably you too. When that zombie grabs him by the leg when he's in the wheelbarrow and he's trying Mm -hmm. to get in the car and that zombie grabs his leg that's bandaged and all the Mm -hmm. blood starts coming out. And you're like, I've been touched on a cut that you're like, oh, that hurts. Like a bite that like, and then all the blood just like really good effect. Really cool.
2: Yeah. But also like you're like you were saying earlier about when he gets bit in the truck, like it was that same kind of feeling like, Oh God, like not yeah. again, like now he's going to die faster. Like you were hoping he could hold on a little bit longer, yeah. but you know, you it just, it just makes you really sad. And it's, it's like, you know, someone, someone who, who, you know, is in a wheelchair and something bad happens to him. You're yeah. like, why, why did that have to happen to them? They already like, they're already yeah. dealing with something, you
1: know? Well, it's, It's also, some people may hate uh, this uh, uh, zombie, World War Z, but I do like in World War Z when that girl gets bit and he just cuts her arm off right away without even thinking. And you're like, holy shit, that was awesome. Like, yes, that's how to do it. And you almost hope it with this, you're like, well, cut his arm off or burn him or, you know, use one of those torches and burn his leg or burn his arm. But, you know, they they don't know how it works. I think they
2: they do that in day, you know. Oh, yeah. And then then, you know when they when you get into the ni- uh, not oh. ni- or dead, but in walking dead, you know, they figure that out and, <laughs> eventually, like,
1: just chop it off. That's the other thing you wrote in your notes, but about what that priest said. But that priest, he's got one leg, he's walking like he's got it worked out where he uses that crutch under his arm and just kind of walks with it like, you know, nothing. It's awesome.
2: Well, when they first, what's great about that scene too is when they first introduce the priest. You think he is a zombie because mm-hmm. he's kind of in silhouette and he's sort yeah. of lingering in, you know, and yeah. and you know the line that he says, you know, we must stop the killing to lose the war. Like yeah. he already knows, he's already yeah. up against it in a normal world.
1: Yeah, and and now and all these he, other
2: people around him are handicapped, <laughs> you know, and
1: that he went through all that of being in that room giving everybody salvation. 16 people or whatever in there. So he's exhausted from that. He's trying to fight them, but also, but then also the look on their face when he's like, You guys can go up there now. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And they give each other a look like, Oh, if he only knew that, you know, crazy racist guy went crazy and all kinds of oh, people yeah. died. Yeah, it's great. Are you ready for some reviews? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Unless you want to talk more, we can keep going.
2: I could talk all night about Donald. <laughs> I
1: know. Um, Rotten Tomatoes critical consensus reads, quote, one of the most compelling and entertaining zombie films ever. Dawn of the Dead perfectly blends pure horror and gore with social commentary on material society, end quote. And Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times gave it four out of four stars and proclaimed it, quote, one of the best horror films ever made, end quote. While conceding Dawn of the Dead to be, quote, gruesome, sickening, disgusting, violent, brutal, and appalling, end quote, Ebert said that, quote, nobody ever said Art had to be in good taste, end quote. And the only thing that that made me think of was Art had to be in good taste was his Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, like, no, or, yeah, yeah. or return or whatever. I forget his.
2: Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Valley, was Valley of the Dolls
1: and then Beyond the Valley. Of the Beyond Dolls. the Valley of
2: the Dolls, yeah. Yeah. Russ Meyer.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I need to see more of his because uh, I like boobs. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Russ Meyer started out. There's a whole really good thing. If you have uh, Saving Private Ryan Blu-ray, there's uh, of a uh, it's video of like him and I think William Wyler and all them in World War II that were filming footage and, of things that were going on. And there's that famous thing of that uh, Japanese lady with her child jumping off the cliff because they were told that the Americans are going to kill you and they're really brutal. And it was burned into their heads. That was something I learned on that. I was like, Oh, Russ Meyer did that. I didn't know. Um, I want to end with something that was written in the small booklet inside my DVD. It's by a guy named Adam Rockoff quote. However, it's also an old fashioned monster movie. Despite its cerebral trap trappings, Dawn of the dead is a film that goes for the jugular. And just in case there was any question, it tears it out and eats it just for good measure. End quote. Heck yeah. So, yeah. I mean,
2: you know, the only thing I want to say is that Mm -hmm. I, you know, I I discovered this film in high school. I rode my Mm -hmm. bike to the video store and there was a lady nice enough there to rent it to me, even though I was underage. (laughs) And I watched it and I loved every second of it. You know, it was like finding your your first love or something it was it was amazing and but I I did not enjoy it on the level that I enjoy it now I enjoyed it as a fun zombie movie I was a teenager I was like holy shit these guys are trapped in a mall that's what I want to do you know that's where I want to be I want to be locked in the mall because you know malls are all the thing in in the 80s and stuff and as I've gotten older now with it every time I watch it I see something different and I think that's what the best film and filmmakers do and Romero is certainly subversive in the way he makes films you know he was trapped in the horror genre I don't think he wanted to be there necessarily but but that's what he got trapped in but he was able to somehow get his message across through horror movies and that's what filmmakers do best is get their message across through whatever method they can yeah and you know he did it in plain sight But you can also enjoy it, you know, on a completely fun zombie movie with gore and laughs and you can sit there and laugh at it. That's okay. But -hmm. you can also take it very seriously, you know, and, you know, it's it's just a great movie. I mean, I can't I, I wish I could go back to the time I first experienced it. That would be amazing.
1: That's the thing with you and I were talking um, off mic about Gala Avery, Roger's daughter. She was on uh, the movies that made me and she was like, I just recently saw Dirty Harry and they were all like, what? You've never seen Dirty Harry. And that makes you go, oh, I wish I could go back and watch that for the first time, you know, and um, uh, Joe Dante was like, only go up to about (laughs) like maybe watch, you know, uh, Magnum Force and then you're good, you know yeah um, but skip yeah, the it's, Deadpool. it's yeah it's those things if you could just watch a movie again for the first time like sometimes um you wonder uh i don't know like it's like my wife like it drives me nuts sometimes but not too nuts because i understand that's how she is but i'll be watching a show or a movie and i'm fully invested and she's like on her phone but kind of watching and i'm like did you see yeah i got the i know what's going on And I'm thinking, yeah, but you didn't see the look that Roger gave Peter or, you know, we weren't watching that together, but something like that. Like, you didn't see the look or you didn't see the scene where he's like, I'm going to try not to come out as much as I can. Like she would have heard it, but not, you know, got it, you know. Um, But then again, I'm an emotional silly. And she's just like, you're like I said last week, you're crying at the end of Shape of Water. What the fuck? That was a stupid movie. I'm like, yeah, the poem. (laughs) so she's like okay that's why i shared that et thing of me watching et i shared on my instagram of like me crying and all my friends are, is that real are you really crying yeah i'm crying um <laughs> that in was this cool. movie did you see anything that you think tarantino might have liked or used in a film i could see hmm. him like in the dialogue the natural kind of dialogue
2: yeah know. i don't know I know he has. I think he's. I think he mentioned on the Video Archives podcast once that he lied on his acting resume and said he was in Dawn of the Dead.
1: That's right. I forgot.
2: Yeah, but I don't know. You know.
1: Yeah, people look him up and be like, "Is that you? Is that?" And it's like, no, yeah. I think it's lie. I, I, When's he gonna get to Pittsburgh to be in there?
2: Yeah, but I think I think that you know, as far as like, for what Quentin may may have seen from that I think goes back to what I said earlier which is the subversive stuff you know I know he yeah. loves subversive cinema yeah you know movies that seem like one thing but are actually about another yeah I think that's probably what he he, he pre- appreciated about it
1: yeah it's like you said where that first time I watched it I was kind of like you and I was like oh wow this is a good little action movie and then you're hearing the thing of you know the scientist but also also that guy being like well they're doing what they know like you're like oh you're kind of saying it right now but you're you know under you know that's why i was saying jim jarmish was more like a flat out like this is you this is everybody you know like being zombies
2: well i think too like movies today too like when people try to i don't know have like a message movie yeah yeah they're not as good as romero is yeah. About making something entertaining and at the same time containing a message.
1: People um, talk about the Disney like I forget what movie it was. Maybe it was that one where it's like in a dreamland. It's all weird. It looks like Fantastic Voyage or Fantastic not Voyage uh, World, whatever it is. I've never seen that movie, but, you know, the it's an animated thing. But they tried to bring all representation in and you're like, OK, that's too much. We get what you're doing. But you can't do it that way. You can't. It's the same thing that I think you and I said, I've said on here before, the exposition, Quentin said it too, the exposition that works is when you don't realize you're getting exposition. Terminator, he's trying to hotwire the car. She's asking what's going on. He's like, well, there's this thing, T100, these things we fought, da-da-da. They're trying to get your son because he explains everything while this tense moment's going on. So you're listening, but you're also like, oh, shit, is he going to find him? same thing in like a Quentin movie. Like he said, he'll explain everything. Like, you know, it, it's all written out, but then there's this stuff where you're like, do you don't need to beat me over the head with your message? Like just, you know, yeah. Like
2: bit- that, like the scene you just talked about with Flyboy on the roof when they first land on the mall and yeah. at the mall Yeah, and he looks down and France says, what are they, why are they still here? And she, and he, you know, he, I forgot exactly what he said, but he says something like, well, this is what, this is what they like it's to do. They, this they is know. what they know. Yeah. Yeah. And that that pretty much is Romero's well, statement on consumerism right and there. And some,
1: something that they said in there, it was either on the, I read like my booklet and I read the other things. I read uh, Wikipedia and all that. People don't like Wikipedia, but if it's backed up with some, you know, references, then it's good. But one of the things they said on there was they were kind of working into the whole thing because they had to be done by seven to leave so the zombies could come in and go shopping like it was oh my god this is so meta <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like what's going on yeah. and oh, and so that's fun.
2: something that i don't know people love the remake um i like to pretend it doesn't exist but um i, I know people love that movie but i think that's what's missing for me in that movie is mm-hmm. it it it's a little too i don't know maybe it'll i mean there's stuff about it i really like like the opening with sarah pauly in the neighborhood that's amazing
1: Yeah, You know, the the
2: filmmaking there is amazing, but I think it's the...
1: You think it's too polished or...
2: Yeah, I think it's a little too polished. Like, I think it could be a little bit rougher.
1: There there are a couple of things that I like in that. So before I had seen this movie and then they were remaking it and I was like, oh, and I couldn't find this movie, you know, and then now I have it and I'm glad I bought it. Um, Thanks to you pretty much for me being like, oh, I'm going to get the man who laughs and I need to get a better copy. But anyway, is in the and I was expecting I thought I remembered it in this original movie. But I love when all of a sudden she's coming with the truck and comes like barreling in, like jumping over the curb and coming down. And it's like, oh, shit, there's six of them. They're coming in hot. And then the other thing, them wheeling her the old lady in who's like been bit. And they're like, okay. but one of my best things for just a movie and in general it wasn't something stupid to me was matt frewer gets bitten and he has to have that last moment with his daughter and then the main guy goes in there and he's like i'm gonna kill you when you turn and you just see her like waiting and you hear the gunshot and you know that he's turned and you're like that was done good it wasn't done in an over-the-top way but Um, And then, of course, them speaking of A-Team, then they build that A-Team van and they're going to go to the island. And then, of course, the best thing is at the end when they land on the island and all of a sudden you see there's zombies on the island, too, and they can't get out. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. Um, And, of course, things like you said with movies that you hate is like this guy who's an asshole all of a sudden becomes a hero who's going to, you know, give up his life to defend them. And you're like, okay, I like it, but come on, really?
2: Yeah, the, it, the remake had a lot of modern day tropes yeah. you know, thrown in there. Whereas the original, like you said, too, it, it feels very organic. It feels natural. It feels yeah. like this is how a real situation would pan out over time.
1: Yeah, it's you know? a, it's a solid movie. And it's funny. I looked on my letterbox. We're getting the ratings now. I don't I know you don't like to rate. So I'm on my letterbox and I go to type it in and I've already rated it. And I'm like, oh, and so I kept it at that rating, but I had rated at four and a half. And then I'm like, I'm going to write it up here. And I go, wait a minute, why did I put four and a half? So I changed it to five, but that was four and (laughs) and a half from remember watching it years ago. Yeah. So I'm like, no. So we have one out of five rating, five being the best. Uh, I rate this five out of five. Uh, What do you rate it? Probably a a one. 10
2: out of five. Yeah, we can go that high. Yeah, I love It it. It's It's always like, it's always Taxi Driver, Dawn of the Dead for me. Like one and two, one and two, one yeah. and two. It,
1: it's that thing where, like I said, on Halloween after watching Night of the Living Dead, it hit me so much more this time where I was like, holy shit. Like that's a solid fucking movie that's done so quick, so easy. Like, boom, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, would you buy this movie, rent it or find it for free? I know our answer is buy it. I have it over there on the shelf. Uh, it's in a it's the only big one on the shelf it's a dvd No, i have a bunch of dvds but they're taller than the blu-rays
2: i think i have it on every format
1: nice (laughs) um yeah i kind of wish although you hear about laser rot but i wish i would have kept all my laser discs because there was something cool about ending alien you got to put on the second disc to watch the rest of it, you know.
2: Well, also, too, I don't know if we were talking about this on mic or not, but with LaserDisc, too, there's a lot of audio commentary and yeah. supplemental mm-hmm. stuff that hasn't been ported over to other editions. And, you know, you, it, just because you, something has laser rot, you can still listen to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. There's a thing, if nobody knows about it, it's called Blu-ray.com, and they have reviews on there, and they'll tell you, like, this version has kept the commentary from the other version, or it didn't. It's got a newer That's company. cool. And what I noticed that I didn't know, because I had bought the movie and I didn't want to watch it until we were doing the show. When I went to watch, it, I looked at the extras and it's got audio commentary by Tom Savini and uh, George Romero.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I like, think. Oh, wow. I think that's they've, awesome. I think they did commentary on it several times, you know, yeah. different, throughout the years.
1: Well, and hopefully, you know, some of the good. Com- and that's the other thing. I used to listen to commentaries all the time. And now you kind of fade out of not doing as much, but like John Carpenter and Kurt Russell are always good on their commentaries. Arnold's always funny. Cause right here, I pulled the taxi driver out. <laughs> I break it. See, I'm funny. And you're like, you know, I'm holding that sword. My um,
2: favorite, my favorite audio commentary moment of all time is Paul Verhoeven for basic instinct. And it's the oh, scene really? where, uh, it's the scene where Michael uh, Douglas and Janine Triplehorn are about to get it on. and, and, Paul Verhoeven has that thick Danish accent. He goes, now you'll see Michael there. He's, he's going to go inside her. Huh? And he just goes, boom, chock. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Paul Verhoeven is the craziest uh, mother effer on the face. Of
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, um, and that yeah, he's uh, insane. But uh, that's the thing, you know, I heard some other director was like, everything I learned from directing was from Bad Day at BlackRock, the audio commentary on that. The director explains how he did the reverse shots and how he you know and it was like and i listened to it and you're like yeah this is really good and have you ever seen have you ever
2: seen uh john frankenheimer's movie seconds
1: i saw it a long time ago after face off i went and rented second and i remember i wasn't into it because i was thinking is this a face thing and i need to go back and watch it because i hear it's amazing yeah it's
2: it's one of my favorite it's in my top five up there with don but it the commentary by john frankenheimer on that is
1: do you
2: I, l- I learned more about lenses and cameras from listening to that audio commentary because he goes into very deep detail like oh i used a 28 millimeter lens on this shot because it highlights the oh, eyes or yeah. you know this kind of thing and and you're just and it was shot by jimmy uh, uh jimmy or How- jimmy went? was it jimmy howe um oh yeah James Howe James Howe yeah and the cinematography is amazing and he goes into detail on how they lit everything and it was real low budget and how they had to run fast and you know so it's it's a great commentary sorry to get off track
1: no it's (laughs) fine I was gonna ask your five favorites but wait um that's the thing where Orson Welles is like you can you know he said on the Dick Cabot you can learn or whoever it was you can learn anything about directing in a day and a half and what was good about that was his guy is Greg Toland when he's starting. So he's like, what can we do? And Greg Toland's like, let's do anything. Like, forget about putting us in a box. Let's whatever you want to do. I want to put a camera in the floor. Okay. I want to show the ceiling. Okay. Like all this stuff, you know, it there's some good like talking about edits, like the dissolves or that opening of Citizen Kane, if you don't notice the windows in the same spot, like all the way, like you know, oh yeah. There was a Roger Ebert thing where he was talking about that. And I was like, oh my God. But what are your five favorites if you have those down? Uh,
2: they always kind of alternate. Or at least for right? now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Dawn of the Dead, Taxi Driver. I guess Seconds would probably be pretty close in there. Not in the top 10. Um, believe it or not, I'm a huge fan of Fletch with Chevy Chase. That's I love that movie one. to death. Yeah. Um, oh man, maybe Boogie Nights I would put in there uh I've seen that movie more than uh, not, um, too many times <laughs> uh 2001 a space odyssey um, oh yeah I love that movie um uh, golly man I don't know I'd have to I know I have a top 10 list written down somewhere, but I'm not very good at making lists. So I'm just kind of going off the top of my head.
1: No, that's the thing where sometimes they change and it depends on what mood. And like you said, there could be better grindhouse movies that you want to throw in that list or, you know, whatever. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. The man making lists is just so hard because, you know, as you get older, your tastes change. Um, you might well, watch re, might rewatch a movie and be like oh my like i i am trying to remember what movie it was recently that i used to love and i used to tell people about it and then i rewatched it and i was like yeah i got to stop recommending that it's not
1: <laughs> well not that's a good my idea. thing that's my thing too of like i've said on here before Lawrence of Arabia is a great movie Sis and Kane oh, is a great yeah. movie but you're not going to rewatch them over and over so are they going to be yeah. on your list what kind of list is it My list for right now, because I was talking to Rob the other day, and he shared his, and I shared mine, is Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Terminator, E.T., The Empire Strikes Back, Time Crimes, The Thing, Once Upon a Time in the West, The Getaway, Heat, and Seven.
2: Wow, Time Crimes. I'm surprised not many people have that on there.
1: I really like it, and I think on some of this, it was how it blew me away when I watch it, so like... I was like, oh, I heard of this movie. I'm going to watch it. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so genius. Like him watching himself. Like, oh. And then Terminator is just, you know, so simple. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark is like my favorite movie of all time. Um, Classic. The uh, Once Upon a Time in the West is one where I just love. The Getaway. How did
2: you, how did you feel about Dial of Destiny? Just a sidebar.
1: I I liked it. Way better in Skull, of course, but uh, Crystal Skull. Um, I thought it was fine. I kind of wish... Spoiler alert. He would have stayed there. Like I was hoping he would stay there. Um, I did
2: too. I did too.
1: And um,
2: do you think, and I've thought about that too. Why mm-hmm. did I want him to stay there? And I'll ask you this. Like, yeah, for me, I wanted him to stay there because as a person who's now in his fifties, mm-hmm. there's a part of me that would romanticize about going back somewhere and staying there. Yeah because of fear of what's to come.
1: It's that it's your passion. It's if you had went back to either night of the living dead or dawn of the dead, the, uh, the set. And you're like, and I'm like, Oh, do you want to, you're like, yeah, I'm going to stay. Cause mm-hmm. I want to see how this plays out. I want to be there for all the stuff. And you just get to hang out and become friends with him. And maybe, you know, you know, you die before now, but you're good um and same thing or you go to you know i want to go with when orson wells does you know the war of the worlds broadcast and then kind of become friends with him and john hausman and follow them on this journey you know or whatever mm-hmm. it could i think it's a passion thing i think it's where i was like this is what he studied for so long if his dad knew what it had he'd be like oh my god like you're there like that's so cool you know well i and, think the,
2: the reason why i brought it up is because i think mm-hmm the younger people that i've talked to that have seen it that just went over their heads
1: oh really oh wow that's interesting
2: yeah so i think and it's I, just something of our age that kind of hit us
1: i think it's that i think it's the fact that you and i maybe like that character more than you know if you were to mm-hmm. talk to somebody who didn't like that character knowing that well they'd be like oh i saw a crystal skull and i saw this one and you know and you're well, like it's, like, it's
2: it, like watching our dad or something it's like well that's yeah. i grew up with with indiana jones he's he's my dad like I want him to be happy.
1: Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's it's a yeah, it's it's that, even though this movie ended in a happy way, that movie, it's kind of the thing of you don't want Ken Forey to kill himself because you want him to live. Like you want and with Indy, you want him to live there where he loves or whatever. Let's get to but that's interesting. I never thought of that. Oh,
2: that concludes our dial of destiny that's, mini that's, podcast.
1: That's right. There we go. We'll <laughs> do an offshoot next week. Uh, Phil's film favorite of the week is you kind of knew about this, but you haven't watched it yet. Sly from 2023. It's on Netflix. The plot, his love of film began as an escape from a rocky childhood from underdog to Hollywood legends. The rest tells his story in this documentary. I give it 3.5 stars. And you said that you kind of had some, a hand in this, like giving them things to use.
2: And- very li- very little.
1: What's interesting is on this show, I've talked about how he's a, a jerk. I think you and I maybe were talking about it. I forget. But when he was around um, around Copland times or something, a friend of mine who used to be an actress, she was like, yeah, we're walking along, walking through the lot. And he walks by my friend is like, Hey, you're good looking, you know, almost like a Joey situation and friends <laughs> and She's like, what a piece of shit, you know? And then you hear about him on Cobra where he's like treating everybody like he's so hanging out with Bridget Nielsen that he's treating everybody else like shit, the bad guy. in that's like, I got nothing. Like they were just do this. And like, I couldn't really act with him. Now he's come out the other side where he's understanding, Oh, I wasted all this time when I could have really focused on myself, could have focused on my family, you know, whatever. And his son, I didn't know his son died in 2012 yeah his son who's in the rocky movies um, he was
2: a big uh proponent of grindhouse movies and released older movies he was oh, wow. a huge champion of of stuff that like quentin's doing
1: that's cool yeah and uh but it's nice to see where he's kind of talking about how his dad was a dick and it was an abusive household and him and his brother and even when he made it his dad was still like whatever you know always trying to pursue that make my dad mm-hmm. happy type situation Um, But it's really good. I liked it. It's on Netflix. Um, They play like he plays some tapes of like uh, him talking about movies about, you know, Rocky or whatever. And he's like, just say it's a love story. And I'm like, I don't think you want to say that because then a lot of guys won't go to see Rocky because I'll be like, it's a love story. But that made me realize I and I've, I've told people I haven't seen I've seen Rocky once a long time ago, but I wasn't invested. I was watching it to watch it. And that's uh, I what I hate.
2: I've got the Rocky poster right there. I don't think um, you can see it.
1: You, uh, I think you've told me before that I think you and Rob are like big proponents of that movie, and I need to see it. And that's my other problem. I have this wall that I want to put up three posters. And so I bought Once Upon Time in the West and I bought, uh, a, the thing, a Japanese poster for the thing, which looks really cool. And then I'm like, what do I get the third one? Like, I only have so much room. What should I get?
2: Well, I was at a I was at a party recently and a friend of mine, Chuck, we started mm-hmm. talking about movies and he brought up Sylvester Stallone and Rambo series came up and he just out of the blue. I don't laugh out loud like too often <laughs> where I'm crying, but mm-hmm. he goes, he goes, hey, Eric, he's like, you know what my favorite uh, Rockies uh, Rambo scene is is Rambo three. He goes, Colonel Trotman, wow. they're literally in a trench. The Taliban <laughs> is like, yeah coming near them and there's no way out and Troutman's like rambo yes. what are we gonna do we're, <laughs> we're surrounded what are we gonna do and rambo just cocks the gun welcome oh, I, re- <laughs> I remember just like i don't know why but that just the way he told that story just leveled I, re- me.
1: I remember that but i remember him saying like what do we do and he goes i guess surrounding him's out i remember that part where yeah. you're like oh that's funny but also like what are they gonna do The other thing, what's interesting, a side story of that Rambo three was filmed here for the or is filmed in wherever at the beginning. And then Ayatollah Khomeini was like, I'm going to kill him or kidnap him. Stallone's Mm -hmm. like, "Okay, we're going to the States. We'll go where they filmed Return of the Jedi out in the sand. We'll go do it over there. So they came here to like Yuma and film there. No, I love even though it's totally ridiculous, the logic of it, if you were that scientist on TV is Rambo 2 when he's in the mud in the wall and that mm-hmm. guy's like looking for him and all of a sudden you see his eyes open. The truth of the matter is, so you covered yourself in mud and wait and hoped that nobody would see. Like, what if you missed your arm or something? You know, like, yeah. it took a lot just to wait in case this guy comes by. Like, how long were you waiting?
2: It sounds like something that was a top secret.
1: <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> oh, they could have put that there. Uh, I remember seeing that and being like, "Oh my god, Peter Cushing does comedy!" I didn't know. You know, <laughs> we, we remember he's got the. the oh, uh, that was a yeah, yeah, ma- yeah, with the got magnifying the magnifying glass, glass yeah. and then he pulls yeah. it away, and his eyes real big. Eyes still big. <laughs> <laughs> um, So come back next week if you're all done. We'll get to your stuff in a minute on November 17th when I'm joined by Vern, the Vern from Cinema Recall Podcast for. that's right from 1975 it's the jezebels aka switchblade sisters the plot a tough gang of teenage girls are looking for love and fighting for turf on the mean streets of the city bad girls to the core these impossibly outrageous high school hoodlums go where they want and create mayhem wherever they go so here's a trailer Uh,
3: The Jezebels, the toughest gang of teenage girls ever to slash their way across a motion-picture screen. The Jezebels, are the young rebels fighting for survival in a decaying society? Or are they just teenage hoodlums taking advantage of their youth to frustrate the law?
0: They can't hold us. with juveniles.
3: <laughs> First, you'll meet Lace. She's as affectionate as a scorpion with all the loving tenderness of a buzzsaw.
0: Okay. You want me out? You're gonna have to fight me. You got knocked off, right? Big deal! If you go, Gonna turn out bad.
3: Then there's Maggie, a shapely young bundle of female dynamite, ready to explode on content. You're a chicken. Say it! You'll also meet the girl who earned the nickname of Bunny.
0: A little something to uh, relax the nerve. And it's only five bucks. God, come on, Superman.
3: And then there's the one they just called Patch.
0: I lost my eye for this gang, remember? We used to be tough. They
3: also call her the Smiling Cobra.
0: Shameless. You get a woman! And from now on, that's gonna be us. The Jezebels, yeah!
3: <laughs> the Jezebels. You'll laugh with them. <laughs> <laughs> you'll love with them
0: Maggie what's going on in there
3: <laughs> don't try to fight with them Fire!
0: remember I want him alive lot.
3: The Jezebels is a story of today
1: and maybe a little bit of tomorrow. Uh first of all, I want to tell you about this, but uh Sweet Sweet Sisters is available on Shutter with a subscription, Amazon, Apple and YouTube to rent or buy. So this was another one where the guy picked it, you know, it wasn't the randomizer. Uh, Usually we do do that. I always wonder if people listening are like, do they really, does he really do the randomizer? Does it really pick or is he picking? It usually is a randomizer, but Eric wanted Dawn of the Dead. The Vern was like, when are you doing Switch Sisters? I go, we could do it. Are you available? He's like, yeah. So we're doing that. Then after that, we're doing uh, the uh, Lady Snowblood. And then after that, then the randomizer will pick for me and Dave, who did Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, and Saturn 3 with me. So that'll be fun. But um, yeah, now is when, uh, where can people find you and tell us about all of it?
2: You can find me um, in many places, but mainly on uh, Cinema Force. So you can go to cinemaforce.net, which will take you to the YouTube page. Or if you're on YouTube, you can just type in cinema force and you'll see retrospectives on the hammer films dracula series and airport series and america ninja
1: um the, just did and the better and the good and black ones and white the, series i was gonna say the good one the better in black and white you and i were talking about it and then it was on your thing was the uh, uh, dark city you mm-hmm. were like oh and i was like oh my god now that i think about it, i saw it on on dvd or vhs when it came out at the video store and i watched it when i was managing the video store and to see that in widescreen would be awesome you know be amazing yeah uh, yeah
2: so yeah we do all uh, better in black and white where we just sort of reimagine films if they're you know in black and white instead of color we just did the crow um yeah. which is another alex proyas movies who yeah, did yeah. dark city Yeah. um and so yeah we're just doing a bunch of stuff on there um stuff coming up we're gonna do uh Mallory Roddick, I hope, is going to do a Ghost in the Shell series uh, for us. She's a big anime actress and she's going to do a retrospective on that. Um, I'm going to do, I have a copy of the uh, Shining book by Tashin, which is about this big. Wow. And we're going to do a little documentary of me going through the book and taking it apart. It's like a puzzle book and and then uh, I'm restoring an old military 16-millimeter projector. Hope to do a little documentary on that, too.
1: Oh, wow. That's cool. That, so that Shining book, that's all about the making of from like, yeah. the beginning all the way. That's yeah, neat. It's, and it's kind it's of, massive. from what it sounds like, you know, my uh, mother-in-law got me um, got me a Marvel. It's called Marvel Vault. They make them in other things that my friend told me. And you open it up, and it's got repli- replica things of, you know, re- reproduced whatever so the very first comic that came out was submariner and oh. you can pull out like it looks like old paper it looks like the original and it's a submariner it's the cover and oh, it's wow. really cool and then all the little things in there cards or whatever it's really neat so that kind of sounds like that in a way where like you can pull all those out yeah and, and that's i'm also
2: where... on i'm also on instagram at cinema force you can just look that up
1: yes Um, always good stuff on your thing. I'm always like, makes me want to do more. And then like me and that guy, Rob, were starting to like, oh, like he was like, do you know of a book, maybe you know, that about silent film, like he wants to dive into that. And I'm like, and I reach out to Harry Knowles. He never wrote me back. Um, But do you know of a silent movie book?
2: Uh, I think I have some. I'd have to go back and go back and look. I think I have some. Uh, I mean, are you looking at, like just overall silent films or a particular person like
1: he was looking for overall but yeah i had told him like i used to have time life of like the comedians and all that stuff but that was more like you know uh laurel and hardy and stuff like that but yeah i told him i'm gonna send him i have some old uh i got from a guy um arbuckle patty arbuckle so i got a bunch of his shorts and i'm going to send him but yeah just to learn so i was like yeah there's a bunch to watch something else that i learned about from having you on last time from making me you know i made a joke about it i think on sam show or on rob show about you not giving a fuck about my gi joes
2: i do (laughs) i do like your g i had gi joes I,
1: i know But it made me go, oh, I love movies and I'm spending all this money on these figures. And how big is that shelf going to be when I'd rather buy movies that take up less space and I can buy more. But something that made me go, oh, yeah, it made me think of a guy, especially with Rob, when I'm trying to show Rob some things and be like, yeah, I can, you know, not that I'm his mentor, but I can Oh, Have you seen this? And, you know, I'm older. He's 37. I'm 52. Um, Where? of like books where now I'm like, Oh, I'm going to read this Howard Hawks book. I want to read, you know, I need to get into those. I need to read those to know, you know, it's like yours. I just shared him. I did on my old podcast. I did Mank and citizen Kane and it was by myself. I did all this research, put all this work into it, like your YouTube videos. And then all of a sudden had like 15 or 20 listens. And I was like, man, I put so much work into that. So I was like, here, you'll like this because it'll teach you something, you mm-hmm. know. And so I gave him that because I had Pauline Kale's 500 word at 5000 word, whatever essay on there. And then Peter Bogdanovich wrote back to her commenting on how mm-hmm. he knew Orson Welles. And this is what really happened. And, you know, the whole thing. And then Mank, I was just uh, anyway, that's the whole thing. But it made me like be like, yeah, I need to get back into film like I have been. Oh, so that made me think of my old friend who I used to work at Suncoast Motion Picture Company. Then this, we would meet with this guy, we'd go to his house and he, uh, I forget him. And I think he just came into work and we met him and then we went to his house. We would go drink, we'd go to his house or maybe drink there, whatever. And then he would put on like the original Titanic before Titanic came out so this is like mid-90s like right after Pulp Fiction he's puts that on we watch that and we're like wow and then he's like let me show you Bride of Frankenstein and he's telling us about how she's wearing no underwear because her dress is so tight and like all this stuff that he knows that at the time you're like oh and you're starting to retain and you're like this is cool and so that made me down a path of like old films that I started being like oh like now I get it I understand you know And that's where this guy, Rob, I'm like, that made me reach out to that guy and be like, dude, like, I haven't reached out to you for a long time, but thank you for this. The last time I saw him, I brought him on DVD a place in the sun because he showed it to me on video. And I was like, Hey, you don't have the DVD. Here it is. He was like, Oh man, thanks. Like things like that, that he showed me that make you go, Oh wow. Like things that somebody might go, Oh, have you checked out Rambo three. And you're like, no, I'm going to go watch it. Okay. Good luck. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's uh it's amazing.
2: Well, that's cool. Well, I've got I've got uh I'm going to send you something I told you about it off air, but uh I mean, I haven't told you what it is. But right,
1: right. I'm excited to see what it is. I think you're
2: I think you're going to I think you're really going to like it.
1: Cool. Yeah, um just real quick before I end, I was telling this guy that I met from Japan um who's going to be on the show in December. He uh he wrote me on Facebook Messenger and uh he said um Oh, I was telling, I said, oh, uh, he said, oh, you're a James Bond fan. I see on your, you know, on your letterbox that you're a big Bond fan. I said, yeah, I'm a huge Bond fan. And uh, and I told him I did it on my old podcast. I went through all of them, except for Never Say Never Again and um, Casino Royale, John Huston. And so he was like, oh, okay." I was like, oh, did you see the thing on video archives, the Moonraker thing that you sent? And he was like, he was like, no. And I go, my friend who went in 79 to see the movie, who's another podcaster in Wisconsin, he was like, he grabbed them because there was a stack of them. So he grabbed like a bunch of them. So he has a bunch of those fold out things. And he sent me three. I sent one to my friend in Michigan who did the tattoo for me. And then I have two. And I'm like, I could send you one if you, he's like, oh my God, that would be so cool. I'm like, okay. So. You know, I don't know how much it costs to send that little thing to Japan, but, you
2: know. Uh, It's probably not going to be cheap.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe I won't send it. Maybe I'll take pictures. (laughs) I already sent him the pictures. I'm like, here's what it looks like. Um, But yeah, it and those are the things, too, where, like, hanging up stuff. Like, now that Uh I have this office that now I can put up, like, 8 by 10s of, like, Cary Grant or, you know, you know, all these different things. You know, John Woo directors or whatever, you know, so oh yeah i
2: gotta uh, find that killer uh poster i was telling you about i gotta dig that
1: out yeah see that'll be the third poster if i get that then that'll be those three the killer and the other two but that is not what i'm sending you but okay well i'm excited (laughs) to see what it is but uh thank you for joining us we hope you had fun and maybe learned something about a movie that may have had a part in making tarantino goodbye later